You're about to listen to episode 61 of Women Who Kill. Hey, if you like the show, don't forget to stop by Apple Podcasts, formerly known as iTunes. Leave a rating, leave a review. It helps a lot, helps new people find the show. The more people find us, the longer we could keep doing this. And uh, this is, you know, what else is there besides podcasts right now? You're not going to live shows, are you? If you're going to live shows, you're in someone's house, in someone's basement, in a, a, a speakeasy of disease. And uh, if you're doing that, I, I don't respect you and I don't think you should be listening to the show. Aside from that, if you want to support the show with your dollars, which is the best way to do it, especially right now, go ahead and stop by patreon.com slash kaichoice. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash K-A-I-C-H-O-Y-C-E. Get free stuff occasionally. I send things out in the mail. You get access to the archives of the show. All the back episodes, the most recent 20 episodes, are always available wherever podcasts are found. The rest of them are in the archives. Join the women who Illuminati. It's fun. It's a good time. Our guest today, very funny comedian, podcaster, actor. I've seen her on, uh, what is that, Room 104? Uh, she hosts the, a mystery morning show, live stream show called Ohio. And let's go, Atsuko. Atsuko Akatsuka. Thanks so much, Kai. Thank you. Thanks oh for being God. on. I was, I was going to say, please tell us more about how you feel about people who go <laughs> to, to live stand-up shows. It's so anxiety-inducing. <laughs> I was like, yep, Kai's not hiding how he feels. I can understand if it's outside. Even in a backyard, though. Even a backyard is iffy. Comedians yeah. weren't the most hygienic people before a pandemic, so I don't trust it. I know, I know. I was getting sick all of the time, yeah. and then um, I've I'm been the healthiest now, actually. Right. The pandemic. I don't know about you. Oh, I yeah. I'm just the top of my game right now. Yeah, it really was people. Like people are uh, disease carrying <laughs> beings. You got those it guys who just people. rest the microphone on their their disgusting chin the entire yeah. time they're talking, like it's their personal microphone. I mean, I'm shocked at the things that I do, and then I'm carrying myself out there in the world. So anytime I touch a surface, I'm like, God, the person that has to touch this surface after me. <laughs> what have you, you know been what doing? <laughs> what, am, what do I do? Oh, Kai. I mean, <laughs> what are you doing to surfaces? Like, well, just even touching it, but like, you don't know what I do, did before <laughs> I touched the surface. <laughs> You don't know me, you know, this is just to the public. I'm not saying it to you like you don't know me, but I'm saying, well, I got a UT, UTI during this um, time. Okay. Um, I've, I got it twice. And I was like, how am I going to get UTI? Like, I haven't been doing anything. <laughs> and turns out it's just sometimes even just sitting for too long and not peeing, you can get one. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. That's how I got it. Right. And then also a lot of sugar, too, in addition to that. Is that true? So, oh, I guess that's why, uh, that's what probiotics are for, right? They regulate, like they bacteria. regulate your internal sugars or whatnot. You could tell I'm not right. a scientist. I'm pretty sure they regulate your, <laughs> your inside sugars. Is that what you call them? I think that's your, kind your of intestinal, actually... Your intestinal bacteria is kind of a bunch of sugar and stuff. It's close. Yeah, I mean, call call you Dr. Kai because I think that's exactly what it is. <laughs> and yeah, and so I'm just saying I'm disgusting. Like I I I, I got a bacterial infection just from sitting. Uh huh. You know. So anyway, yeah. So and funny. then I was out there hugging people. 
Oh, yeah, I can't believe we used to do that. Yeah, right? <sighs> so I'm never shaking anyway. a hand again. I'm never... Yeah, I know. And it's like I just picked it up, too. Oh, really? Because, <laughs> yeah, I just had picked up the hug. Because <laughs> I didn't grow up hugging, uh-huh. you know, really much my my you know my family doesn't hug they're not huggers and and like in japan too like we just didn't hug we didn't even really shake hands like it's not a stereotype it's not racist to say like you know asians bow to each other and blah 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 because like that's really what we do and, like, that's it, and what it's we so did. smart like all this time we're like oh maybe we should have been doing shit that way <laughs> well some people yearn for the like I started once I realized like hugging was a thing. Some people kiss each other on the cheeks, right? Yeah. And then that's why it, that's why it exploded so, so uh, <laughs> so quickly in Italy because that's all they do. Everyone's hugging, right. kissing each other all day. Yes, yes. All of the people who were doing that, all of the moms that were kissing their sons right on the lips. <laughs> those those people probably got it. I don't know. That was a thing. Yeah, there's like. Yeah, there's like parents that kiss their kids right on the lips. Oh, it's the same people that kiss their dog on the lips. Right, but dogs have never given us COVID. <laughs> it was the other way around. It's we true. don't deserve them. It's true. We don't deserve dogs or cats. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> today we're going to be talking about Jennifer Pan. This is a recent case, and it's a Canadian case, which those are always mm-hmm. fun because we have this stereotype <laughs> of Canadians as very polite people, very easygoing, no, a conflict-free people. Now, Jennifer was born on June 17th, 1986. That makes her a Gemini. <laughs> I, too, am a Gemini. Are you a Gemini, too? Yeah, and so is Donald Trump and Kanye West. Oh, you're not, but, you're not in great company. Can I tell you something, though, Kai? I, like... People have told me May and June Geminis are different. I am a May Gemini, (laughs) and Kanye, Donald Trump, and Jennifer Pan are June Geminis. So they were not of the same month. I don't know if that's changed your mind about me yet. Maybe. Maybe a little bit. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now, I'm not deep into horoscopes, but I do like to just scratch the surface and see if the, the basic, the most basic details track with uh, a killer's personality and <laughs> the most basic uh profile of the gemini is that they're outgoing intelligent witty shrewd responsible <laughs> uh, judgmental mm. but also they know how to mind their own business and because they're out there killing people yeah <laughs> they're out there being shrewd uh, <laughs> Committing shrewd crimes. Jennifer seems to be a bit of a, a textbook Gemini on the surface. <laughs> but we'll say a textbook Gemini. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, thank according, you. According to Atsuko. <laughs> now, she was born in Canada, in Toronto, Ontario. Her parents immigrated from Vietnam. Her dad, uh, Wei Han, Moved to Canada in 1979 as a, a political refugee. Six years before Jennifer was born, obviously, the mother, uh, Bic, also 
immigrated as a refugee. They moved here when they were in their early 20s. Now, my math could be wrong because I'm terrible at this at math. point. Oh, no, no. I think you're right. And at that point in the story, I'm like all for the parents, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> had... I'm like, yeah, they are going through a lot. Mm-hmm. They went through a lot. Now, luckily, they didn't have to move with kids. Right. Yeah, totally. Had them after. Yeah. But it's like, you don't know what we've been through, kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they both worked at a, a car, car manufacturing factory an auto parts manufacturer and they ended up in i guess you could say the middle class upper middle class they weren't rich but they they had a a nice house they had two nice cars Vic drove a lexus and han drove a mercedes you know and uh yeah i mean it sounds like you saved up a ton Mm -hmm. if you still had two kids and you were able to have a savings too yeah um you know like starting from scratch too right. like well it was it was said that the the parents felt like they didn't really have many opportunities so they you know they wanted their kids to to work hard so that they could have opportunities that they didn't have but i'm like you guys did pretty well for yourself like considering that you came here with with basically nothing and now you're living in this big house in the suburbs but you know i wonder i wonder if some like sometimes parents get like not jealous i think maybe resentment a little bit Mm -hmm. like if it's kind of like you know when you try to leave the house or like when you have a whole day ahead of you that before maybe pandemic you just like and you're leaving the house and you just see your dogs just napping (laughs) and you just get mad this is what i work for Yeah, you just get so mad because you're just like, well, you have no idea. I'm so tired, but I have to go do my stuff. Uh-huh. And you literally, what are you tired of? Why, why are you tired? Why are you napping? You just, yeah, you literally do that and then like play with toys and then eat when I feed you. You know, it's it, like sometimes resentment, I think, can build in parents uh-huh. too. Yeah, totally. You know, so even if it's like they live pretty well now, it's like. Well, we we were on boats, okay? Mm-hmm. We got on boats. We had to freaking sail. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, just sit in these boats for a long time without getting caught. Got to Canada. Had to start from scratch. You know what I mean? Yeah, true. Jennifer had a younger brother. She was born in 1979, and her brother was born in 1983. Didn't find much information about him, but Jennifer, from the time she was really little, Her parents had really high aspirations for her. She started taking piano lessons, figure skating classes. Now, uh, apparently when she was in elementary school, she would get home from school, go straight to figure skating practice, be at figure skating practice until 10 p.m., come home, do homework from 10 p.m. to midnight, and then wake up and do it all over again. And she also started cutting herself in elementary school, which says a a lot jesus yeah i didn't read that part (laughs) yeah that's that's so i mean most of the people i know who who were cutters didn't start until at least junior high like you know that's that's when you should be feeling the kind of pressure that makes you hurt yourself or high school you know but but elementary school that's rough that's a lot yeah so she was really good at, at figure skating 
got a sports injury as as children do. Right. And what child? Who among us hasn't torn a ligament in our knee at the age of ten? <laughs> I mean, she's practicing a lot. Yeah. Like I don't. Tearing a ligament is definitely something I hear in like a forty-five-year-old who, who picked up jogging, you know, to get away from his wife. Or like LeBron James. Sure. Oh, sorry. Yes, or LeBron James. Yeah, of course. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, she's practicing till till ten p.m. Yeah. It's like, well, let her go pro. I don't know. It's if you practice something that much and it's supposed to be just like a side hobby. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like well, they wanted her to go to the Olympics. That was that was her hope. Oh, I don't know if it was right. more her hope or their hope, but the Olympics were were on the table because she was really really good for how young she was. Hold on, don't people get better from torn ligaments too? Though, especially if you're twelve or however old oh, she I don't was, know. right? LeBron James comes out of torn ligaments. Doesn't mean your your Olympic career isn't over. You just try again four years later or whatever. Possibly. Well, what we know. know, what we come to know about Jennifer is that uh, we, we really can't trust anything she told her parents. So who knows if her knee <laughs> ever still hurt after. Maybe she was just like, it still hurts. I can't because she didn't want to fucking skate anymore. That's <laughs> very true. That's very true. Yeah. She played in band. She played the flute. She was really, really good at music. Played a couple instruments. Pretty popular in school. But not like regular school popular, right? Because she went to a, a Catholic arts school where, you know, it's an art school. Everyone's a, everyone's a weirdo. So no one's the cool kid. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad about that part for her. Uh-huh. Here's the thing is she was smart, but she didn't like to work hard. And as we all know, all of us who were tested and branded a gifted kid at some point in time at some point you generally catch up with the rest of the kids you slow down <laughs> you know you're not gifted for long that's that's a good point it's very true you have to uh you have to pour, perform maintenance on your giftedness it's less of a a volkswagen and more of a jaguar <laughs> no it's very true that's something i'm just learning like this week for the first time in my life because I was always doing things out of like just trying to finish things via sheer will Uh just being like okay I'll just pull through but then you know as I got older I was like oh no I need to learn discipline and being organized because you know if I'm late or you know if I'm drinking till four in the morning like who cares if I have the talent yeah because there's there's (laughs) less talented people who work really fucking hard and are mm-hmm. and are gonna they're gonna get things yeah and they're organized you know they know where their pen and paper is they know you know what i mean yeah yeah exactly so uh jennifer had been a really really great elementary school student really great junior high student once she started getting into high school she dropped to about a c average so yeah. what she did she decided to forge her report cards in the what is it at this point the 90s we're in, we're in like the late '90s at this point. You know what it took to forge in the '90s? There was no Photoshop. There was no Canva. She had to cut up her old report cards. She had to pull out the scissors, 
the glue <laughs> sticks. She had to go to Kinko's. Well, also you have to intercept it before it shows up to your home, ma- like home mail, right? Right. Yeah. You know, she could have had a, a a career in graphic design. You know, she could have been a prolific designer. I agree. Yeah. She. Uh, to do that, that is that because that's effort, right? And, I mean, no, no, and and work, yeah. I that's I probably more how... work than getting straight A's is collaging a straight A report card, right? Like I would say, maybe she worked smarter, but not really, because that's actually harder. <laughs> yeah, well, she was really creative. Now, apparently, her her dad was uh, more strict than her mom, which makes the way the story ends so much more tragic. I know. But uh, they would, uh, you know, they would pick her up from school, uh, drop her off at school. She wasn't allowed to go to, like, parties or dances or anything like that. Uh, not, she wasn't allowed to do anything that was considered unproductive um, to her, her education. Uh, no parties, no boyfriends, none of that shit. Apparently, by the time everything went down, she had never gone, never gone out to a club or had a drink. Now, 11th grade is when Jennifer meets a guy named Daniel, Daniel Wong. Now, I've, I, I tried to look up pictures of, of, of him, and I could only find two. And in one of them, he looks like a, like a tall, good-looking guy. And in the other picture, he looks just like Jennifer, but with short hair. What? Yeah. I'm like, are they, why do they look like siblings? This is so... So creepy. I, I also Whoa. found a bunch of um, some transcripts of like uh, text messages that they sent each other. And they would, mm-hmm. they would talk baby talk to each other. It was really creepy. Now. <laughs> Whoa. I just think, okay. I, don't, I don't know. Like, I've never s- talked baby talk to, to someone I was dating. If I were going to do that, I feel like I, I would have aged out of it in like junior high. Yeah. I would say the plot thickens when you said the baby talk text. Ooh, now I found it. Okay, keep going. Oh, you've seen that? You're, oh. you're looking at those, right? It's so yeah. It's so odd. Oh. Now, she was uh, in 11th grade, so she was a junior. He was a senior. And he also played in a couple bands. He played in the marching band and the regular band. And they were just friends until a school trip to uh, Europe. Which fancy? I wonder how much the they paid for her to go to the school. Because right. uh, my high school didn't have uh, school trips to Europe. Well, did you go to a private Catholic school? I did not. Arts? I went to a yeah public school. No, I know exactly. Same here. So I'm just thinking, you know, if it, it's private, it's Catholic, it's arts. Yeah, there's probably almost as expensive as sending her to college. I bet. Right, yeah. So they got to go abroad. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm hearing this for the first time. So they yeah, got to 2003, go abroad. they went to Europe. Apparently, um, Jennifer had an asthma attack at a concert because, you know, they let people smoke indoors there. And uh, he, he helped her out. She thought she was going to die. And then that's, that's when, you know, that was their meet cute. Oh, jeez. Well, she probably also had an asthma attack because it was like the first time she ever went out. To have fun. True. I mean, how does your body not freak out if literally all you've done before that is just like play the piano and read books? And when I say a band concert, I don't mean like, you know, like 2003 <laughs> U2. I, I mean like <laughs> trumpets you mean and shit. Like, 
and like oh, French like horns. Yeah. She has an asthma attack at an orchestra yeah. symphony thing. Yeah. Oh my god. See, this is why you gotta expose your children a little bit. Yeah. You can't lock them up in the room. She had a, I can't believe it. Now, Jennifer and Daniel were inseparable once they got back from Europe. Her, her parents obviously didn't know that they were dating because she wasn't allowed to have a boyfriend. Got into college. Her grades were good enough. Her real grades were good enough to get early acceptance to a school called Ryerson. But she failed calculus senior year. Wasn't able to graduate high school. Obviously, Ryerson was like, mm, just kidding. We take it back. But she didn't want her parents to know. So she never told them. She never told them that she didn't graduate college. Never told them that she actually wouldn't be going to college in the fall. She told them she was going to go there for two years. Then she was going to transfer over to University of Toronto for pharmacology, which is what her dad always wanted her to do. So, to celebrate, they bought her a laptop. She, <laughs> she decided to, uh, to put on a pretty great performance. This was a, this was a pretty fantastic charade. She she bought some textbooks. She bought yeah. <laughs> she bought used textbooks. Crazy. School supplies. She even went yes. to their, you know, their the freshman welcome week. Man, it's talk to your kids, you know. <laughs> No, it's a lot yeah. to have to like pretend. Wasn't she also like taking notes? She was like studying the subject on her own so she could have notebooks filled with notes on the subject. Yeah, <laughs> she even faked um, a loan paperwork, student loan paperwork, and a, um, uh, she forged a scholarship so she could convince her parents that she got a scholarship. <laughs> She's just... So, yeah, this is like Catch Me If You Can style. It's like con artist. She would be a great, great uh, graphic designer. Yeah, she could have started cults, I feel like. Oh, and yeah. She could, like, she has these skills of being a con artist. She would wake up in the morning and uh, get on the bus, and they thought she was taking the bus to school. She'd go to the library and just sit there and read, take notes on what she thought she was supposed to be learning. Yeah. Yeah, that's... You're still tethered to your parents, yeah. girl. She's, like, real, really creative and, and ambitious and channeled it into all of the wrong places. She probably... Yeah, exactly. She, like, if it wasn't for the devastating fact that she, she had to... She couldn't be honest with her parents... Mm -hmm. Like, she could have started her own school, probably. Like, by the end, she probably did know a lot about pharmacology or whatever it's called. Yeah. You know? Like yeah, she, right. she, she probably got pretty far, like, a, if not further than maybe what you would learn your first couple of years in college, even. Yeah, because she wasn't, she wasn't just going and hanging out and fucking mm -hmm. around. She was actually studying the, the subjects she said she was taking classes in, so... Now she was also uh she was teaching piano. 
She was the funny thing is she was working in a restaurant to make extra money and uh, probably to have some something to do with her day because her her boyfriend Daniel was a kitchen manager at a pizza place called Boston mm-hmm. Pizza, which which I think is hilarious that there's a Boston Pizza in <laughs> Toronto. Totally, yeah. Uh, but yeah, she got a job. She was doing some bartending shifts there, which that to me doesn't seem like the best job to have if you don't want people to know you're not in school. Like, didn't she never had her any of her parents' friends be like, hey, I know you said your kid is in school, but I was having pizza <laughs> the other day, and I saw someone who looks just like her pour me a beer, you know? like. I know, that's very true. That's assuming her parents' friends even go out places, too. I'm starting to think their community was just... I don't, yeah, no, you're, it's a good point. Yes, if you're trying to hide, you sh- you're like, you know, working at a restaurant is not a good way to hide. Yeah. But maybe their parents' friends didn't go out either. Oh, maybe. She did this for two years. She faked being at Ryerson and then told her parents that she got accepted into a pharmacology program. Oh, the graduation story. <laughs> okay. So, as anyone who is faking their way through a college education knows, at some point you have to fake graduate. <laughs> How do you handle this situation? She told her parents there was so the class is so large that they only had enough seats to give each student one ticket. And of course she couldn't choose between her parents so instead she gave the ticket to a friend what a good kid right that's crazy yeah that's i mean jesus christ sorry i didn't know that part yeah (laughs) yeah 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 but i guess yeah i mean i wonder if she bought a fake capping gown at least she didn't fake like a whole pandemic to be like well we we have to do it on zoom and then just like record. I mean, of course, you know. Oh yeah, there was no Zoom though. This was two thousand and what, two thousand and seven, two thousand eight. Right, right. You just, you just. I guess you just fake buy a cap and gown. You're right, and then just go. Okay, I'm going to graduation. <laughs> and wouldn't they ask to see photos? Like, right. Okay, like let let's see the photos. Oh, I have to wait to get them back from my friend. I'll, I'll let you know when they come back. Totally. That's, yeah. And I guess the parents were so busy, they never like caught her just wandering around town. Yeah. Um, you know, during the day when she wasn't at school. I just want to be able to keep up with that many lies. Right. It's just a lot to be like, what did you learn in school today? You know, and like you're telling them probably about friends you're making. Yeah, at she made up fake school friends. She, she invented personalities for professors she had a list of of which professors she liked and which professors she didn't like i wonder i bet she had a spreadsheet yeah you have to (laughs) she truly gave herself more work Uh instead of just being honest with her family it's a whole job she created for herself like she was probably so busy yeah if she already had two jobs teaching piano and bartending on top of that, she was like her own like administrative person. Her own her own uh, PR. 
her own PR. She could have a PR firm with all the spinning she was doing. It's yeah, no. So she really did come up with personalities for her. Yeah, because because they would be like, so how was school? And you know, she'd be like, oh yeah, Professor So and So is just like, ugh. You know, the kid who sits next to me in uh in one o two is right. Just chooses gum so loud. I don't. I would. I would like to know the story she came up with. Oh yeah, she she ended up eventually convincing her mom to let her move in with her quote unquote friend, mm-hmm. uh, Topaz, downtown, so she could be closer to school because her grueling commute, her everyday commute, was just really exhausting. So her mom agreed, three days a week. You can stay with your friend downtown so you don't have to be spending an hour every day getting to school. Now, yeah. she was actually staying at Daniel's house. Daniel lived in the suburbs as well. And she told Daniel's parents that her parents knew she was, she was staying there. They were fine with it. Somehow always talked them out of uh, being able to meet because they wanted to meet her parents. Obviously. You know, why wouldn't you want to meet the parents of the person your kid's dating? Right. Now, two more years pass, and it's time to graduate from uh, the second fake school. (laughs) How many tickets did they give her this time? Oh, my mistake. My mistake. No, the fake fake graduation was actually for this one. It was not for the the two-year... The two-year program oh, it was for got it, got it, got it, the got pharmacology it. program. Mm-hmm, My bad. Mm-hmm. Now, Daniel is in on this. I, would you, wouldn't you say that this would be a deal breaker if you find as out? A, as, as a partner? Yeah. As a romantic partner? Yeah. Could you trust yeah. someone who you find out is faking their entire education to their parents? I mean... What's Daniel like, you know? <laughs> no, of course it is a deal breaker. Of course it's crazy. I mean, I'm sure he, he had to know. I mean, right? Like, she's taking notes. She's coming back to his place with notes full of pharmacology facts. Yeah. Now, it's said that <laughs> Daniel know? actually helped her find someone to make fake transcripts. Oh, yeah. I mean, maybe the pussy was that good. <laughs> Sometimes you're just like, oh, yeah, I mean, God, like, this is the only person we're getting laid with. Uh-huh. And, you know, like, I like her baby talk text, you know? <laughs> Those texts are ridiculous. <laughs> I got to post a link to the, the text um, in the show notes. I always, I keep meaning to get around to doing show notes for every episode, but um, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's daunting. There's a lot of episodes now. There's 61 episodes. And I, I know, that's the show a lot notes. of work on your part. Yeah. yeah. But I want to Jeez. so that people know, you know, where I'm getting my information from. But uh, also stuff like this that doesn't actually, isn't actually included in the episode. But you got to see mm-hmm. it. Because it'll yeah, inform how you view these two people and, and their, where they're coming from psychologically. I feel like they both seem a little, um, seem to have some uh, arrested development going on, uh, socially at least. <laughs> yes yeah totally i think it's not it's not yeah yes it would be a deal breaker for a normal person but i don't think her boyfriend was either yeah eventually uh after her fake graduation 
she would need to have a job, right? So she came up with a fake job. She told her parents that she was volunteering at this uh, this hospital, which they just named the hospital the Sick Kids Hospital. Yeah, I mean, her parents truly did not have Wi-Fi at all, did they? <laughs> they just really didn't look anything up. Like... No, that's really what it was called. That's, oh, that's a real okay. hospital. Okay, so that's the hospital that she actually worked at. Got it. Oh, no, no, no. She didn't. Okay. She didn't work there. No, right, right. Or that she she named an actual place. Right. I just think it's a it's a crazy name for a <laughs> hospital. You know what? Yeah, so if that's an actual name for an actual hospital, then maybe her lies were believable. Yeah. <laughs> like here, ours is just ours is called Children's Hospital, right? It's not like dying kids. Yeah. Cancer it's kids. Very true. Like, yeah, sick kids. Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> okay, keep going. Yeah. So uh, she told her parents she was uh, she was working there in the lab, uh, volunteering, and that she would have to spend more time at her friend's house. Now, eventually, her dad got suspicious because he noticed she never got a uniform, and he never saw a key card. And who works at a hospital and doesn't have a key card? Yeah. How come she didn't make those? You know, right? costumes. Why didn't she forge a key card, buy some scrubs? Yeah, why didn't she do that part? She probably got tired. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, she was, yeah. this is, at, at this point, she's s- six years into her charades. So long, yeah. She's, I don't know if, if people in witness protection last this long, you know? <laughs> she's working harder no. than, than an, an undercover CIA agent. Yeah, just go, just telling stories at dinner, just like so and so and so and so and so and so. You have to remember who's a vegetarian. You have to remember which teacher, you know, like scolded you. Like, oh my God. What was for yeah. lunch in the cafeteria? Like, exactly. It's like you can't fuck up. And here she is just getting lazy on a key card. <laughs> She, she, she worked so hard in the beginning on the report cards. You know how easy yes. it would have been to just laminate a picture of herself with her name, the hospital yeah. name, a little letterhead on there, a fingerprint, yes. or whatever mm-hmm. the hell they put on key cards in the, in you, the late Maybe she 2000s. wanted to get caught. She was like, this six years is a long time. Yeah, subconsciously, she was I w- ready I wonder. to end it. Yeah. Now... Dad starts getting suspicious and is like, you know what? Let me, let me drop her off at, at work and see what's going on there. They drop her off at work. As soon as she gets out of the car, she runs inside. Mom uh, waits for a little bit and then tails her. Oh. She notices her mom is tailing her. So she hides. She hides in the ER waiting room. For a couple hours. And then when mom gets tired and leaves. Maybe maybe mom is convinced that everything's fine. Then that's when Jennifer. Takes off. And goes to do what she. What she does every day. Which is right. probably call You know hanging out with Daniel or whatever. Now the next morning they called her friend. Her friend who she had. Uh, claimed to have been living with all this time. And her friend threw her under the bus and was like, nah, she's not here. They called early in the morning. Why didn't they? Yeah. Why, <laughs> why would she give an actual friend? I guess. He, yeah. 
right? That sucks. N- name a friend whose phone number they don't have. But they probably were the they probably insisted on having the phone numbers of anyone she claimed to hang out with. Right. Yeah. No, that's true. That makes sense. But it's just um they did t- wait a while to call though, like six, like the t- a few years. No, they called the next after she hid in the the hospital. They uh-huh. they called early the next morning. Oh, got it, got it. Okay, yeah. So you know, her friend gets a phone call, probably barely awake, and mm. is Jennifer there. She's probably like, "What the fuck, is Jennifer? Who the fuck is Jennifer?" Oh yeah, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah fuck it no jennifer's not here i'm sick of this <laughs> yeah i don't even like her that much like we sat we played flute one time together or right whatever. can you imagine yeah. like being asked to maintain that kind of a lie for someone oh my god i had to do that one time for a roommate uh-huh. who was a grown man he was like 50 in his 50s <laughs> freshly divorced lived with his son young son and but he always had different women over Uh and then one night and i was like 30 years younger than him i'm just like trying to go to community college was this mark maron what are you (laughs) he was running a podcast out of his garage (laughs) he always he was always sounded angry (laughs) no and uh no it was just so you know i'm just trying to be independent for the first time in my life and one night like I'm just in my room, like, whatever I'm doing, studying or something. And uh, I just hear, like, this woman screaming at him. <laughs> and she co- she she comes knocking at my door. Then he's, like, right behind her. No. And, yeah, and she she has a pair of panties that are, not, that are not mine. That are not mine. And she's like, what are... She's like, are these yours? He's saying these are yours. <laughs> and from behind him, he's mouthing at me, like, say yes. Oh, say my yes. God. Yeah, and so I was like, oh, yes, those are mine. Sorry, I guess it must have gotten mixed up in the laundry pile. And I, I had to take whoever's panties they were. And then she was watching as I opened up my drawer, folded it up, and put it in there. I was like, this fucking crazy fucking guy, like grown man. You know what I mean? I had to, like, lie for him. And I was, and then afterwards, I was like, what was that about? It was, it was such a dark... It was such a... Yeah, and so... You had I actually to just, ended up moving. <laughs> what if you took them? <laughs> I know I had to take them. And go, oh my god, those, th- th- there they are. You know what I mean? Like, and then put it in the fucking drawer because she was watching. She was like, she wouldn't leave until like I like put it away or something. I don't, you know, what does she want me to do? Like wear them or something? Be like, yep, these are. My- See, it fits me perfectly. <laughs> but. But I told him, I was like, like, I'm never doing that ever again for you. Because, like, you know, like, if I was fed up just from that, because it's also scary, like, people, <laughs> right. people confronting you, and you're like, I had no idea they were using my name as a reference, you know? <laughs> or as, uh, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I support that friend that was like, <laughs> no, Jennifer, what? No. Oh my God, that is so fucking funny. It was messed up. And then I moved out because he also hit on me one night when he was drunk. And I was like, you have problems. You have a lot of problems. <laughs> and then I you didn't have enough girlfriends. Yeah. It was so uh, anyway. Yeah. That's so funny. So, so yeah. So, uh, Topaz sold out Jennifer and mm. she had to come clean. She came clean about 
not having a job at the hospital and not being in pharmacology school, but she never told them that she faked high school. Mm-hmm. And and I don't think she she also didn't tell them that she faked the first two years of college before her quote unquote transfer to pharmacology school. Even though she didn't tell them everything, what they knew so far made them flip out. Which why wouldn't it? They probably put so much money and and right. time in, into seeing her through school. So at this point, she's she's twenty two years old, uh, old enough to be like, okay, if they say get out, <laughs> you know, okay, right. fine, I'm gonna go live with my boyfriend full time. But they told her, uh, you can either stay here and never see this guy again, or you can keep doing what you want to do, but. We don't ever want to talk to you again. We don't ever want to see you again. She decided to stay. She said, okay, fine. I'll stop seeing Daniel. And they took away her cell phone and her laptop, which is yeah, which is wild for someone in their 20s. I mean, it's crazy enough. If anything over 18, I feel like your parents shouldn't be able to take away your electronics as punishment. Yeah, it. I can't believe they gave her the choice, and she chose the one where she doesn't have a laptop and fo- cell phone right? in her twenties. Yeah, and is stuck living in the parents' home. Because mm-hmm. I think I she was know. a. I think she was codependent. She really needed their approval. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it was. Now her Damn. her mom was like the soft one, and her mom would tell her where the dad hid her phone. So she could text her friends and talk to her friends late at night when mm. dad wasn't paying attention. And that is how she ended up keeping in contact with Daniel. She was able to take a calculus course to get the credit that she was missing to be able to graduate high school. So she secretly graduated high school. So I guess that cancels out those two years of lies, right? <laughs> What do you mean secretly? Like her parents? Well, because her parents never knew that she didn't graduate high school. Oh, right, 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 right. That's true. That's so crazy. Yeah, okay. So she was slowly trying to catch up while she was being held captive at her parents' Mm -hmm. home. She was like, okay, all right, I did that. Okay, I got four more years (laughs) of lying lying to undo. Yeah. Now, they told her, um, they found out she was also working at the restaurant, and they they told her she couldn't have a job other than uh, her piano lessons. So when she was teaching piano, between lessons, she would hang out with Daniel. That was how she would mm-hmm. sneak around to be with mm-hmm. him. She also did the classic uh, Disney Channel move of piling up a bunch of pillows and blankets in your bed. <laughs> and then sneaking wow. out of your room at night. And how long do you think you need to secretly see your boyfriend, like, how long are these piano lessons, you know? Like, so uh-huh. it's like, so it's like, okay, I taught piano lessons for one hour. Right. And then I'll, I'll pretend I'm teaching four more lessons. That'll be enough time. I don't know what <laughs> enough time with your partner is, but. Right. Or was it, was it 15 minute increments? Apparently they did a lot of fucking in Daniel's car. Okay. Okay. So they were fucking, okay. Apparently That's that, good. That I hope so. 
It would be so not worth it if there was for some reason celibate, still, like just two yeah. virgins in love. Just like yeah, just rubbing each other's hands. <laughs> <laughs> I would be like, wow, like it's really not worth any of this. I hope, yeah, I hope she came so hard every time. <laughs> well, she probably did because it it felt so dangerous, you know. I bet <laughs> if her parents had approved of him and known that they were seeing each other and been fine with it. They would have broken up after like a month, you know? It's that Romeo and Juliet syndrome. Right. That's very true. Like yeah, no one yeah, wants yeah. us together, so we will die to be together. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now her parents wanted her to uh to to go to college because they're you know, there was still time. They were like, You could still be a nurse or something. You can't be a pharmacist, but you could be a lab tech. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Daniel was getting uh getting tired. You know, at this point, Jennifer's 24. Mm-hmm. Daniel's 25. Can you imagine being 25 and sneaking around like you're dating a high schooler? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Of course, I'd be tired too. So Daniel ended up breaking up with her. He started dating a girl named Christine. You know, this is when Jennifer starts doing um, some uh, extra, extra interesting For- stuff. She was just harassing her. She was being jealous. She mm. told Daniel that a man in the middle of the night knocked on her door. She thought it was a cop because he had mm-hmm. a police badge. And when she opened the door, a group of men rushed in and gang raped her. Oh, yeah. And she knows that Christine sent them. Then, oh no, that's yeah. Yeah, okay. then she said she said she got a bullet in an envelope in her mailbox. She was like, "This is this is all Christine. She wants me to leave you alone." Now, yeah, this probably didn't even feel like a big lie to Jennifer because of all of the other big lies in her life. Yeah, though it, it's but weird would, that it went from forgery and ma- went from like <laughs> report card forgery to like SVU forgery. Right. Exactly. I just think that's the first, like, really intense lie. Yeah. A whole gang rape? Right, not even just one. Yeah, like, why do you have to, yeah, just like. Why do you have to be, like, five or six guys? Why couldn't it have just been the the one guy? Yeah, and then a bullet (laughs) mailed, too. It's like, you can't have, you. this is like two movies you watched. You, they didn't even go in the same movie because yeah. even the movie makers were like, that would be too crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then she mixed it up. Yeah. And then, I'm course, surprised there wasn't that kitten in a microwave at some point. Like, Yeah, wouldn't, da- wouldn't she know that Daniel would ask Christine, like, hey, did you send a man <laughs> that looked like a cop but it was actually eight guys? And Did you send eight guys to go gang rape my ex? And then she was like, "What would she? She would just be like, no, what? Like, where in what the, the fuck? <laughs> yeah, how about a bullet in an uh, envelope? What? I would no, be like, just... I would break up with Daniel at this point. If I was Christine, I would be like, yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> go. This is, I did not sign up for this. This is your ex. This, yeah, no. totally. Yes, and you still talk to her. Obviously, yeah. this is why." Because she's texting him all this stuff. Oh, yeah. They were still texting their baby talk to each other. No. Poor Christine. Get out, Christine. Get out. 
So Christine eventually, uh, Christine and Daniel didn't work out. I wonder why uh, at some <laughs> point. And uh, Daniel got back together with Jennifer. Now, before they got back together, Jennifer convinced uh, some goth kid who she met through mm. a friend to agree to kill her dad for $1,500. <laughs> Right. She gave him the money, and then uh, he stopped returning her calls. And uh, it turns out he he scammed her, which, you know, good for him. Because if, yeah. if someone's going to offer you money to, to kill someone, $1,500 is, that's yeah, insulting. That's, that's just rent. Right? That's not even a month of rent in L.A. No, no, yeah, exactly. 1500 goes so fast. <laughs> Like, I can't yeah. imagine committing a life, uh, a, a felony that carries a sentence of life for $1,500. Yeah. And the, how dare you just, like, you just assumed looking at a goth kid yeah. would do it. Ricardo Duncan was, was his name. There, she was like, yeah, he just stands there and wears black. <laughs> he must be a killer. <laughs> and it's like, no, fuck you. Learn about a whole movement of, you know, style. Yeah. This is a, uh, our life. It's not a lifestyle, you know. It's more than that. <laughs> they met over Fif Boba. Oh, my God. And then she just had $1,500 cash on her. Do you think he thought that she just wanted to hang out? He's like, oh, cool, new friend. And she was like, so. <laughs> and then she's like chewing on Boba. And it's like, want to kill my parents? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I couldn't help but notice you were a lot of black. You know, it's like, why did you come up with that? assumption you crazy bitch i'm glad he ran off with her money <laughs> so, i hope she paid for the boba too <laughs> so after that plan fell through she was distressed over daniel's relationship gets another one of daniel's friends to agree to kill her for ten thousand dollars and at the last minute you know, she gets back together with Daniel, so she's like, call it, call it off. I don't want the guy to kill me anymore. Mm-hmm. And the guy says, uh, I can't give you your money back. There's going to be a cancellation fee of $8,500. Oh, okay. That's, okay. That's not too bad. <laughs> I mean, Is that a standard a cancellation whole... fee, though? Seems a bit I much. Don't... That is very a lot, but it's like he could still go to prison at this point for having said yes at some point, right? Oh, I don't know. I don't know how that works. I mean, he maybe he, you know, maybe it's it's probably not easy to prep to kill somebody <laughs> psychologically you know, or, or like logistically. Both, both emotionally, psychologically, you're like amping yourself up. Uh -huh. You're like sharpening swords. <laughs> you're getting, you're doing push-ups. You're getting more buff for the day. Only for someone to be like, never mind. It's like, <laughs> well, actually, I want to keep eight, eighty-five hundred. Uh -huh. Like. You know, because, yeah, you have to, you probably, you're mentally, mentally getting ready to kill someone. Oh, my bad, my bad. So here's, here's what actually happened. Now, at some point, she did ask the same guy to kill her, but then she decided, she called that off before exchanging any funds because she was getting back together with Daniel. At this point, mm. 
she asks the guy to kill her parents, both parents, whereas before she had just wanted to kill her dad. Mm. And the plan was they would be paid with the money that she would collect as an inheritance after her parents died, which Mm. doesn't seem like the best contract as far as contract killings go. Yeah. Uh, I I feel like you you should get... Yeah, at least half the money up front, right? I don't know how it goes. I don't know how they do it, but I feel like half up front sounds like a, a good deal. It seems like a standard business deposit, 50%. Yeah, I agree, yeah. Now, so, yeah, at this point, she, she, was, she gave him, I think he said he was going to, he usually, he normally does it for $20,000, but because you're a friend of Daniel, I'll do it for only, only 10000 right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'll give you the family discount. So, uh, so that happened. This was Halloween. Halloween night when she calls off the double killing. Takes a hit off of the, uh, the, money. the money. Uh-huh. Now, later decides that she does actually want to do it. I mean, they go back and forth about, about this several times. Wow, yeah. But on... November 8th, 2010, November 8th, 2010 is when after weeks of texting and working out logistics and, you know, having a date set, but then the parents ending up going out with friends and not being where they said they were, where they were supposed to be. It's, Mm. there's a, there's a lot going on. Uh, The plan, plans keep changing. And then November 8th, 2010 is when. She's finally like, yes, after work, tonight, let's do this. You know what's funny is she had two phones. Uh, she had a Samsung that she used just for her regular person life. And then she had an yeah. iPhone that she used for all of her murder details. That's so crazy. Right? you think it would be the other way around. Yeah, I don't know which one's pricier. I'm going to guess the iPhone, though. But I also feel like, you know, any texts that you sent on an iPhone... Those are going to be in the cloud. Those are going to be on your laptop. Yeah, wow. I didn't think about that. (laughs) Yeah, whereas with a Samsung. I don't know Samsung Samsung phones that well. I just feel like with with an Android, uh, you can't can't text from your computer, which is really annoying when you're trying to, because I do a lot of texting from my computer. I'm always on my computer. And, And I hate when you try to text someone and you don't find out, you don't realize they have an Android. Until you try right. to text them from your computer, and then it just sends you that stupid, that red exclamation mark that says your message wasn't sent. And you're like, ugh, <laughs> you're one of those. Why can't we all be under one family? Right. One plan. Yeah. 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 No, totally. That's so funny. Okay, yeah, so her burner phone was an iPhone. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so November 8th, uh, nighttime, Jennifer apparently spent the night watching Gossip Girl. And John and Kate plus eight. Weird. Okay. Yeah. Her dad is downstairs reading the news. Her her mom had been out with some friends dancing. Her brother. Oh, that's so was away sad. At college, right? Yeah. Yeah. Her mom seemed really sweet. I know. I didn't know. And like they had just a good night. They were having a good night. Yeah. She just went out dancing. Chill night. She's with friends, my God. Line dancing. Oh man, that's fun. Okay. That's so wholesome. 
Yeah. Only and then what? And then this is when it happens. Yeah, this is when shit goes down. She gets her mom gets home, is taking a load off. This is when three of Daniel's friends show up. The plan was she was gonna wait. They were gonna arrive and right around the time that her parents went to sleep, she was gonna go upstairs and turn on the light in the study to let them know outside that the parents were sleeping. Then she was going to go downstairs and unlock the front door. Got it. Okay. 10.05, 10, 10 p.m. The three hitmen, David, Milvaganam, Lenford Crawford, and Eric Carty. C-A-R-T-Y. Now, David Melvaganem's lawyer later, by the way, said he was never in the house. He was there, but he wasn't in the house. Who knows whether or yeah. not that's true. Daniel was not there. Daniel helped call the shots and everything, but he wasn't actually there. So right. it was uh, Crawford, Melvaganem, and uh, Eric Cardi. They come inside. They've all got guns. One right. of them grabs the mom. Other one runs upstairs, grabs the dad, pulls him out of bed, down into mm-hmm. the living room. Now, the entire time, apparently, Jennifer is, like, whispering. Oh, wow. She says they tied her, her arms behind her back, tied her to the, the banister of the stairway with a shoelace. Yeah. A shoelace? And, and that was part of the plan? A shoelace? Like, you're getting $10,000 and... You can't invest in some zip ties. Yeah. Well, remember, though, it's like you're going to get paid after they die and I get the inheritance. So yeah. maybe he, he's like, well, this bitch didn't give me any money up front. Uh-huh. front. For supplies? So like, yeah, of, yeah. So it's like, f- fuck you. You're going to get shoelaces, okay? <laughs> I'm not going to get zip ties. I'm not going to Home Depot. <laughs> And your promise of paying me depends on all these other things. I bet he took it out of his shoe, like, right then. I I bet they arrived and they were like, oh, shit, we don't have anything to tie anyone up with. Right. And took it out of his shoe right then and there. Right. (laughs) So at this point, Jennifer's, like, got her arms tied up very loosely with a shoelace and is walking around telling them where the money in the house is. And they end up uh, finding about three, three, four thousand dollars in cash uh-huh. inside the house. The mom and the dad are yelling, yelling at each other, trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. Mostly trying to figure out how these guys got into the house, because yeah. uh, I'm sure they checked the locks, they made sure everything was locked before they went to sleep, and there was they didn't break in. Right, they just entered. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they just waltzed into the fucking house. So stupid. Right. This uh, all culminates in Bick being shot three times in the head. She died immediately. In the, in the head, mm-hmm. huh? Yeah. And Han, they shot him twice. They shot him once in the shoulder, once in the face. Oh, my God. Yeah. Now, after the shootings, they all left immediately. And Jennifer calls 911. Mm-hmm. Right, as you should, I guess, if you don't want to seem guilty. Yeah, there's a 911 call out there that's available to listen to if someone wants to hear it. But uh, apparently uh, in the background of the call, you can can hear her dad um, wake up 
with his face shot. Yeah. Jesus Christ. His wife is dead. He drags himself outside down the street. Doesn't know that 911 has already been called. Tells the neighbor to call 911. And because it's the suburbs, you know, the the ambulance and the cops arrive quickly. Right. Because, yeah. Yep. He's airlifted to the hospital. Well, he's, he was taken to a local hospital first and then airlifted to a different hospital. Now, at this point, Jennifer doesn't know whether or not her dad is alive. Got it. Except she, she knows that he's, he's been airlifted to the hospital? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. She knows her, her mom is dead. Around mm-hmm. 3 a.m. is when police take her into custody, start interviewing her. Now, mm-hmm. you can find the interview on YouTube, right. uh, an interrogation. Um, well, it's not quite an interrogation, because at this point, she's not a suspect. She's just a witness. Got it. She tells the police that men came into the house. She didn't know them. They were looking for money. They tied her up, took her parents to the basement, and shot them. Mm-hmm. A couple days later, they bring her in again to interview her again. And this is when her story starts to to not make sense. Because. Oh, no. Well, for one, she says they were looking for money, that it was a a home invasion. But they didn't take the cars. Oh, right. And, you know, if you're going to break into a rich family's house for money, why not take the Lexus and the Mercedes that are parked out front with the keys hanging right by the door? Oh, yeah. I guess, uh, yeah, I'm not good at this. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, they also, they didn't have, like, duffels or backpacks or anything to carry valuables with. Uh, and then, you know, going back to the shoelace thing, they weren't prepared mm-hmm. to tie anyone up in the house. Right, exactly, yeah. So, okay, so there were a lot of holes about, like, yeah. what usually happens yeah. if you're really trying to take money. Right, and, and, and why wasn't Jennifer harmed? Right, yeah, exactly. So, uh, they start uh, surveilling Jennifer. November 12th, Han wakes up from a coma. He was in a, a drug-induced coma to, you know, repair the damage. He had some bullet fragments in his face. He, I think they broke, like, his orbital bone on his eye near his eye it shattered his neck bone bullet grazed an artery he was really lucky the bullet grazed his carotid artery yeah that's crazy yeah yeah and it was a miracle big miracle and he remembered everything yeah he remembers seeing his daughter just uh kind of chit-chatting with uh one of the the guys who broke in oh my god and her arms weren't tied she was just following them around the house. Wow, while he was in the basement? Yeah. She, he, he remembered he rem- seeing that? He remembered seeing that. Very casually being led around the house. November okay. 22nd is when uh, she broke. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They were like, we know you're, been, you're, you're lying. The details don't match your dad's story. Who? <laughs> surprise, surprise, he's not dead, you know? And yeah, uh, yeah that's, that's when she broke and said, hey, you know, what really happened was I hired them, but I hired them to kill me. And what happened was they didn't actually kill me. Something went wrong, and then they ended up killing my parents instead. I don't know why. 
So, <laughs> right. Yeah. So much went wrong. So March 19th, 2014 is when the trial finally began. So it took a long time. Yeah. So for four years, she's just like sitting in prison somewhere. Uh, yeah. March 19th, 2014 is when the trial was uh, scheduled to start. It was supposed to last for six months. It went on for 10 months. Yeah, God, yeah. 50 witnesses, more than 50 witnesses. And uh, Jennifer apparently was, uh, she she was on the stand for a week. And, you know, they went through all of her text messages, the phone calls. And uh, Daniel's lawyer pinned it all on, on Jennifer. And then her dad probably spoke against Oh, them. yeah, her dad testified. Now, they all received life sentences for first-degree murder, because in, in Canada, apparently, uh, first-degree murder carries an automatic life sentence. And oh. with no chance of parole for the first 25 years. Got it, yeah. Now, that was for the mom. For the dad, they got an attempted murder charge, which was uh, another life sentence. Mm-hmm. So all five of them, consecutive life sentences with no chance of parole until uh, 25 years into the sentence, which would put Jennifer and Daniel at around 50, 50 years old when they're eligible for parole. I would assume the, the other guys similar because they were all close to the same age. They were all in their early, early to mid-20s. Wow, yeah. Now, they were all banned from speaking to each other during the trial. And Jennifer was also banned from speaking to her dad or her brother during the trial at her dad and brother's request. Her brother ended up moving out of state. Now, dad, uh, dad is having a hard time. You know, there's the stigma of being the guy in your neighborhood whose wife was murdered by his kid. Mm-hmm. As of one article that was published in 2015, mm-hmm. the dad was living with family members because he couldn't buy a house. He also has a lot of health, health issues, you know, from oh. his injuries. But he also can't buy a house because he can't sell the house. Oh, because just people know what happened Yeah, there? no one wants to buy a house that someone was murdered in. Oh, wait till a Quibi show, like, you know, comes over and is like, we actually have a show called... <laughs> a we reality flip... show? I feel like there is a show called, like, We Flip Haunted Houses or something. Oh, God. Murder, murder yeah. house flippers? Exactly. All you need is, like, podcasters or, like, you know, the industry to come and you can sell your house. Like, people who are obsessed with murder, like... Home. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, yes. But to regular people, yeah, regular people don't want to buy. Yeah, dad doesn't even listen to music anymore. Is this part of the article? This is one. This is one article because the things that he liked doing, a lot of the things that he liked doing were things that he liked doing with his wife, and so now he can't do those things anymore because it reminds him of his wife. It's very. It's really sad. Yeah, that is really sad. I mean, in a weird way, he's like. Having to continue living, yeah. you know, with, yeah. Yeah, he said that he wishes that, his... uh, he said that he feels like when his wife died, um, it feels like he died too. Mm, got it. 
Jeez, yeah. Which makes sense. And in a way, like, I know, not that this makes anything better or worse or... This is all shitty, <laughs> but you were saying that the mom was a nicer one. Right. And Jennifer wanted to get her dad initially more. Yeah. In a, in a way, she did because he has to live through this. Oh, that's true. So at this point, Jennifer is uh, still in prison and will be until she'll be eligible for parole in 2035, I believe. You think she should get out? I don't know. I don't. <laughs> she sounds like she has a lifetime, a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. I don't know what went wrong. You know, I know that it's a lot of stress living under like really strict parents mm-hmm. and expectations and stuff. But but lots of people do it every day without <laughs> without murdering their parents. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, and it's just it's just. Yeah, it's a lot because I think she like really wanted their approval. Mm-hmm. Obviously, or else she would have just said, "Hey guys, I'm really bad at school." And I don't. <laughs> uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah, they were scary enough that she felt like she had to lie too. Probably, I don't know if there was like abuse or whatever. Yeah, I think she should stay in there and probably be like, I don't know what would be good for her because I, I feel like. You know, people should try to, <laughs> she probably should try to learn from this hardcore. So yeah. I don't know what she needs, maybe as a, also kind of a form of punishment. I don't know if we sign up for improv in prison <laughs> for, you know, until her parole year um, to see if any improvement has been made or, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, on the upside, it is the Canadian criminal justice system which is probably still terrible, but better than ours. So uh, I, w- I would imagine that she's getting therapy That's true. In That's prison. true. Yeah, it's probably one of those, yeah, where there's like a recording studio or something. Wants to, <laughs> right? Like some prisons do uh-huh. that. Yeah. Like Jamaica, Jamaican prisons straight up have a recording studio, which is cool because, you know, it just encourages people to like tap into their creative, you know, outlet yeah creative creative side yeah they got podcasts coming out of there what are they probably yeah yeah like whatever you could do maybe audition do voiceover for animations you know um so no it's true yeah Canada, they probably have a better system there for her but you know She's also when you yeah. get out of if you get out of jail for um murder in canada you're allowed to change your name and just oh, become a different person. Yeah, they don't do that thing where uh, when you move into a neighborhood and you killed a bunch of people, they let all your neighbors know there. Mm-hmm, uh, privacy mm-hmm. is really important. So you could just be living next door to a freed serial killer in Canada and you'll never yeah. know it. Oh, wow. Interesting. I mean, they might wreck, they might know her because then you start talking to them. Yeah. And maybe, you know, what did you do the last 30 years of your life? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. I mean, but who knows? She sounds like she's pretty good at lying, so. Uh, either she will improve with therapy or she'll get much better at lying. Yeah, I mean, I, I would like, my hope for her is that she stays single and she's been staying single in prison hmm. and, and she learns how to just be Jennifer with Jennifer. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because I don't think she ever got a chance to be herself on her own. 
No, now she got all the time in the world to be. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was the story of Jennifer Pan. Jennifer Pan, man. And also, uh, just a side note, I just feel like if your kid is lying to you that hardcore, Mm -hmm. like, I think it's okay for parents to look inwards a little bit and be like, okay, what are we doing that our kid is that terrified of us? Right. right? And and in her 20s as well, like... Yeah, you got to reflect as parents and be like, okay, our kid is scared of us. Like, why don't they feel like they can talk to us? Yeah. You know? Atsuko, uh, thank you for coming on and talking to me. Thanks so much for having me, Kai. This was awesome. I never really look into murder cases uh-huh. and stuff, so this was very new, and I learned a lot. So, What do you have? Uh, do you have anything coming up that you might want people to uh, to check out? I have stuff that's... Like, you can listen to uh, episodes of uh, Let's Go Otsuko. Okay. Which are out on, it's all on a hiatus right now, but you can listen to uh, the former season. Okay. How many um, uh, How many episodes in a season? Oh, gosh. Well, you know, we only had one season, so it appears that we have 60 per season. <laughs> okay, that's a lot. So, so, yeah, even though there's not a new season... Uh, people who are discovering you for the first time have a uh, some uh, they got catching up to do, you know they have enough yeah. enough to keep them busy. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, you know for whatever like shows or whatnot, you can just uh, my, I'm at Otsuko Comedy on socials. Okay, and that's a A T S U K O. Yes, comedy, comedy spelled C O. <laughs> that that's it it's not with a k or anything weird well yeah I had, I had fun thanks for coming on thanks so much that was episode 61 of women who kill hey if you want to send me an email if you have suggestions of people you want to hear on the show or if i talked about you on the show and you're mad about it send me an email you could send that to wwkpodcast at gmail.com. As always, don't forget to leave a rating, leave a review if you like the show. Thanks again for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. <laughs>